Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants, and how they found their own software success. And now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where I talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. This is a show where we talk to proven founders about their 0 to 30,000 MRR journey and beyond. Today's episode is brought to you by OneStop.io. We have 45 developers waiting to take your idea to fruition. If you want a reliable full-stack development team with top talent, they cost half as much as in-house developers. And you know you can trust your SaaS or mobile app with us. We'll give you the first 30 days no risk, and we guarantee being on time and on budget, or we finish the project at no extra cost. Contact us at OneStop.io. Let's talk about your SaaS project today. Today, I have Manuel Hartman of salesplaybook.io. Manuel is a SaaS sales specialist, and today we will be going through how he helps companies make their 0 to 30,000 MRR journey. How are you today, Manuel? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks. Good. Excellent. So um, can you just give us a quick intro uh, to who you are? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I founded SalesPlaybook roughly two years ago. In the meantime, we worked with 120 plus B2B entrepreneurs, helping them uh, basically grow by 100 to 400% uh, by hitting product market fit and accelerating their sales faster. And why entrepreneurs typically come to us, especially in these early stages, which I understand a lot of like listens are from your states, is basically finding product market fit, validating new markets quickly, because it's something that's not taught at universities or even if you work for a big corporation. Uh, before that, I worked with a lot of like Salesforce.com projects, uh, large enterprises, also in the software space. Uh, Tesla selling the door to door, basically like starting that twelve years ago, I think. Okay, great. Would you say that you're a sales specialist, or would you say you also include some marketing, or is it split, or how do you really handle handle that? Yeah, I think we're in this sales acceleration enablement category. If uh, that's basically like how the market develops. Marketing is a big part of what we do in terms of the copywriting and the message market fit. So helping people to make it understandable and better to evaluate and trustworthy what they sell on the market. In an early stage SaaS startup, like marketing's job is to generate qualified leads and, and build trust event eventually. So. Okay. So, so, but you're not necessarily building like marketing funnels. You're more helping like develop the sales script for demos and things like that. Is that right? We, we do a lot of outbound lead chain via LinkedIn, via email. We're not so much on the digital marketing side, typical kind of B2C Facebook advertisement campaigns, less. Okay. So we work okay. with partners on that. Okay, perfect. Okay, that's good. It's good to know. Okay, so um, give us some background into your sales experience. I mean, what makes you, you know, an authority in sales and SaaS? Yeah, started, so to say, like 2009, my first like summer job uh, while studying was basically door to door sales and like just pitching 200 times and like failing 190 times because it's just like, not yeah. qualified leads or so. And for me, mm -hmm. that was kind of normal, right? You go and you talk to people and I figured out that's not how it goes. Like in a big corporate, you have like really big account plans and there's no structure, like even in companies like Accenture or so, or like a lot of like small and medium businesses. And then obviously went to Tesla back in 2012 when it was a small company learned something about that, mm -hmm. uh, like how Salesforce works, like how basically a CRM works and so on, like why people buy different things, different things for different reasons. 
and eventually ended up um, building sales for an early stage startup. So we've been like around 10K MRR when I joined. Now it's probably like 100K plus. And I figured out it's, mm-hmm. it's just way different than to build something that hasn't hit product market fit yet. We did a full rebranding. And I was tasked with finding basically a sales coach, a sales trainer by the investors and by the CEO. And it was very hard to find somebody that's not charging like 5K per day and ending mm-hmm. up with something more than like five to 10 pages of PDF. Okay. T- tell me about this door-to-door uh, sales experience. What were you selling? It's a long time ago, but I would love to do it again. I was selling basically donorships for um, non-profit organizations. So ticket size, basically like 50 to 500 bucks. Pitching yeah. people called on the street and said like, hey, do you have like two seconds for a quick question? Do you have two seconds to basically talk about education for kids in third world countries? Uh, this is what we do. This is how we help them build schools, pay teachers. Uh, basically getting them access this is the impact and it was just really interesting why people do it and and why not and what sort of like icp like ideal customer profile you develop naturally over Uh time right and how was that i mean because i i've never actually done that but i know that people that have first of all they make great salespeople, and also they, they also say that it's hugely valuable can would you agree with that absolutely yeah. Absolutely. And what is it about? Is it because you can handle rejection or what is it about that experience that, that makes it so valuable yeah. as for like potential salesperson? I mean, it's about handling, handling um, heat and like being becoming more resilient and just going again and again. But the other is yeah. also learning speed. I, I know like founders, they basically get like three client conversations a week. And on a street, you basically get like 200 conversations a day. So yeah. your learning speed is just drastically different. It's, it's like uh-huh. being at a conference where 100 people, they ask you like, so what do you do with your business? How is that helpful? And you, you adapt your pitch like 20 times on a single day, right? Mm-hmm, and the pitch yeah. is obviously different at 3 a.m. with a beer than like when you just got off the plane or so. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, and so how long did you do that for? Door-to-door sales. I only did it for two months, actually. I needed to go back to studying. Okay. Tesla eventually was not that different. Like back in 2012, it was organizing events, getting people on test drives, like going out there and basically ask like, hey, like, have you heard of it? And then like Accenture was obviously a lot different that a company already then like 200,000 people. I think it's now like 500K uh, with like uh-huh. large enterprise accounts, like 100K to 10 million deals pretty much, which yeah. was not so much sales, more kind of like sales for side and thinking like this thing is moves slow and you need to really understand the internal buyer journey, why people take decisions within a group. Okay. Okay. That's helpful. Just to, just so that we know your background. Okay. So, so we know a little bit about what you do, but tell me what's the unique um, value proposition that sales playbook. Cause I imagine there's some other competitors out there. What, what exactly um, do you guys do and what's your offer? The offer is an all inclusive uh, package of, coaching either like in small groups or one-to-one sessions uh, with a self-learning platform with 40 plus actionable templates so you can implement quicker, but also giving you access to different sales coaches. So most sales coaches are like first name, last name.com pretty much. And I'm not of the opinion that I'm the best person to talk to for everything. It's like in sports, you want to talk to different people, different professionals and learn from the best. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing which differentiates us from like really openly offerings on the market like sales process IO is just ticket size and, and trust. So we're focusing on 25 to 250K tickets, while mm-hmm. a lot of North American offerings focus on kind of high ticket sales and high tickets in. 
hyphens like one to 10, one to 20 K where you sell to a single person. Okay. And that stops working if there's, there's a longer buyer journey with like three to 10 stakeholders involved. All right. That makes sense. So tell me, how do you do your own sales process? Like how do you get your own leads? Do you use your, your, uh, the same methods essentially outbound and to get your prospects? Absolutely. So, so everything we basically give clients is basically used by, by ourselves. So we run a lot of experiments Like probably two out of three fail, but we, we fail very quickly. And the one that works for us, we, we test with clients. If they're successful, we refine it, we take their feedback and so on. So we do a lot of like LinkedIn, we do a lot of email, we do a lot of video sales letters, but we also do a lot of like events, content marketing, like, like this podcast is apparently like helpful getting two, three new clients since we had last podcast. And okay. at the same time, we're getting a lot of referrals, like probably 30% of our business now from happy clients that say like, it had me, so I know a guy like that has the same issue. Okay. So walk me through sort of your, like a prospect lands to you, what sorts of problems are they having? And, you know, sort of walk me through like how you go to, first of all, onboarding or qualifying that lead and, you know, some of the fixes that you would help them with. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the challenges they typically face are to validate new markets quickly without expanding so uh, expensive solutions upfront, generating qualified leads with scalable outbound sales, like stop wasting time with trial and error, establishing a scalable sales process, close more deals quicker, like in two to six instead of six to 80 months at the ticket size, basically building okay. up their sales stack, and then also how to attract and retain great salespeople. And how we go about this with clients is we, we give them a short discovery quiz, like takes them like two, three minutes, just so they can tell us where are they on this journey? What challenges do they have and why haven't they fixed it themselves? And mm -hmm. how kind of like urgent is it for them to basically take action and like what are they willing to invest? So typical mm -hmm. discovering qualification quiz, just so mm -hmm. we know better um, how to best help them when we jump on a call with them. And what are so so what are some of the uh, common problems that you see people coming in? Like, what's an example client? What they're coming in complaining about? What they just don't have enough leads, or is it top of funnel? You know, is it conversion? What what are some of the common issues that you're dealing with? It depends a bit on a stage. Uh, so we have a lot of like early stage founders that come at zero or ten, twenty k MRR, and it's basically just like, look, we got like a few clients, we an accelerator in personal network, but we, we've never done B2B sales. It's not something that you learn in school, right? So we just right. don't know. Like, and I'm sure like if you do something and you've never done it, you just make tons of mistakes. So they want to avoid that. But then okay. if a company is like at seven digit, like 1 million to 10 million revenue, they have different problems. Basically like I have five sales reps, but they're not consistently performing. Or how do I motivate them? Is it actually good? Is it bad? How do I basically ramp them quicker? How do I incentivize them? How do I make sure the process is scalable and people independent? Or they, as a founder, still do a lot of the work themselves and want to basically make it more robust and scalable and founder okay. independent. Okay. Let, let's take, for example, someone that's coming to you at zero. Presumably when they've done some product market research just to even create the product, why is someone coming to you at zero and they already have a SaaS or, you know, like what are some of the common problems that they're having? Is it that you're finding people like 
got funded and spent a lot of money on an MVP and then they're wondering why they have no customers or what what are some of the common issues? Yeah, we, we see that happening a lot because as an early stage founder, you get basically all the time to pitch to investors and this is total addressable market and tech and process and roadmap. But uh-huh. what we have, like I'm just coming off such a call from before lunchtime, like got 100K funding from Techstars, a valid, valid busy investment, building yeah. solution, but we, we tech is in the machine learning space, so we've never done this before. Um, we, okay. we guess we have a rough idea what to do, but how can we validate it quicker and just avoid some common mistakes, learning from okay. people who have done that before and help like 100 plus B2B founders. Okay. And so what would you do in that case? What What are some of your recommendations? What we do with them is we, once they committed, like we jump on a kickoff, really go through an action plan or have like 40, 50 sales initiatives we can work on and define like the three to five most high leverage ones with them. They can take action within the one to two weeks and then just track progress uh, closely. Like are they advancing or can they leverage what we have or do they need more coaching and also give them feedback on the deliverables. Okay, so I'm trying to help like someone that's listening that doesn't want to come to you. What would you recommend that the first thing that they do, they're just trying to get going. Uh, they're saying, um, what are some of the most effective ways that they can sort of jumpstart their own sales? Excellent question. I think one of the most effective ways is just reaching out to a ton of people in a non-salesy way. Not we have built, we have, you should, uh, we offer. But just reaching out to people like, hey, really interesting what you're doing in this space. Would love gaining two or three insights from you if you have 15 minutes for a virtual coffee. Uh-huh. All the best. Like, uh, would love to, to learn In from LinkedIn. You. you think LinkedIn is like one-to-one sort of in LinkedIn. You think that's the best way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah. there's some automation around it, but just niching down on what you think your ideal customer profile is. So, for example, for us, that's entrepreneurs of like one to 50 people role co-founder founder and then go really like or city by city is like hey i would love to learn from you what mm-hmm. do you think of what we have but really take it as a problem interview and not try to sell when you haven't sold before right okay so you're basically saying you're trying to get feedback yes. essentially in this early we're talking about really early like zero to ten thousand right exactly. now so it's like what do you think and what are some of the tools that you like in linkedin because i've used cleverly yeah, I mean, there's tons of automation tools around it, uh, basically. But what we basically use is like Octopus CRM can recommend that because it's just very robust. It's I very easy one. to use. It doesn't let you do stupid stuff like messaging more than 100 people a day. So it's right. more, as we see, like automating repetitive work. It's not there to basically just like trigger out it's, like 200 messages a day, like randomly. So it, it's it's just like doing things you would do anyway, but in a way that lets you more do prospecting work and really do the, your proper research if you're messaging the right people. Right. So essentially, uh, Octopus, as I remember, is like $25 a month or something. Pretty much. And you're basically saying, hey, I'd like to connect with you, right? And so it, it goes out and then you connect and then maybe it, it's got a one or two text autoresponder and then that says, hey, um, you know, what would be an example opening question that you would do? And I know it probably depends on the SaaS, but let's say let's say it's a lead gen SaaS or something like that. Yeah, that I would ask the, the SaaS founder, you mean? Yeah, yeah. You were Let's say you put yourselves in a founder's shoe. They're just getting going and they want to start and do like a LinkedIn campaign. What are some of your recommendations? In the first campaign, I would not ask kind of like, are you looking for X, Y, Z, but just really friendly. They're like, hey, it looks like you, 
you have got a, a great track record in this space. I would love to learn from you and gain two to three insights on how to build up my company. And then basically jump on okay. a call and there ask kind of like, look, I just want, would like to better understand what's your North Star metric? Where do you want to be at the end of 2021? And what, what are the key challenges that you face in this? And what uh, would it mean for you if it could help you solve these challenges? And why okay. haven't you fixed them so far? People haven't been sleeping on a rock for the last years, right? Right, right. Okay. So, so, so just really asking questions more than presenting your product. It's like, how are you currently tackling that? What have you tried before? What's your approach? What has already uh -huh. failed? What, what works really well for you? And only okay. then basically go like, okay, I would love to basically show you how we tackle this and gain your opinion if that's basically helpful to tackle your challenges. Okay. And so the idea is obviously to get them on the phone. So you, whatever, yeah. is that like that you're not trying to close them in LinkedIn, you're trying to give a demo or something like that? Correct. Correct. Yeah. And we see that a lot happening. Like people try to do all at once. It's like if you go to a club and you will go to a random person like, hey, let's have sex and then get married and then let's yeah. have kids. Like, whoa, like, <laughs> yeah. I call the police yeah. right now. But yeah, this yeah. is how a lot of like LinkedIn outbound is happening, right? We get, you yeah. probably also get these messages. Yeah. how it works in real time if it's working it's more like hey quick question like may i ask you something yeah i'm just really curious because it seems that you really like have knowledge of like this space or like this industry or whatever so might i ask you a few questions I'd, I'd like to validate an idea with you and then we'll see how this goes okay are there some pricing considerations that make this approach not feasible for example like if it's a 20 like what's the price point where this is not really viable I mean, like LinkedIn is free. There's 700 million people. So it's essentially free to like search for the right people, click connect, uh, have like a template for this as a baseline and then just reach out to people like 50 a day makes 250 a week, makes 1000 a month, which gives you ample validation. So even okay. with somebody, even with some automation applied, we basically got like a 40, 50% acceptance rate. Okay. And for, then, but then building the your connections, you're saying. You're Sorry? building you're, you're building your connections, you mean, as as a founder. Yeah. You're just building your connections, getting that up, and then opening, using Octopus to open some kind of dialogue and the purpose is to get them on the phone, but, but, essentially. But it's, it's an opener, right? And then if somebody accepts or briefly replies, so then really put in the work to put together like a short video, you can do this, or a voice message or a picture or like a pattern interrupt, how it's called, like technically. But like mm -hmm. put in the work to really do the research and see how it can help, right? Like provide some intrigue, provide some insight. Okay. What other methods are you recommending for like, let's, we're still in this zero to 10,000 founder. What other methods are you recommending aside from LinkedIn? Yeah. In Western Europe, uh, where, where I'm residing right now, like um, cold email still works and gives you data if the messaging works or not in a drip campaign. Just really mm -hmm. friendly, like reaching out to people and say like, hey, I just came across your profile. It seems to be useful. So I just wondered if what we do is relevant for you. Like these are some results clients typically achieve. Mm -hmm. These are kind of the value drivers you have. I just like to figure out like if this would be possible for you as well. Like can okay. we jump on a call? Can I just interject since we're talking about Europe? What countries in Europe are you targeting? And, and do you use English? Uh, we use English. Uh, we target mainly like Switzerland, then uh Western Europe. We're going to UK a bit right now. Um, we, okay. So for, if you were writing someone in France, you would write them in English? Uh, I would write them in English because our whole market offering in, is in English. So that's only authentic. But I would add in some French language. I speak orally French, so I would 
adapt it yeah. to be like bonjour Jordi uh, comment ça va yeah, yeah. and then go ahead yeah. and it's like a bientôt uh-huh. which is still showing appreciation that you're not just like spray and pray and you, you be like oh, okay you're, you're sitting in France right now like out of yeah. Paris I appreciate that and I make the message to you okay how do you find Western European countries compared to uh say I know Switzerland probably pretty good but how does like Western Europe compared to the UK and to the US in terms of uh sales for your clients not necessarily for you yeah for sure um i mean us is just like technically they're doing more stuff because like gdpr and so on is less of an issue the text-based ai conversational marketing is, is taking hold now because email people have been so aggressive in a space and like calling two times a day three emails four emails per week so mm-hmm. it's different and it's just like the biggest difference we see is in in the role of trust like in North mm-hmm. America is like, hey, this is amazing. Let's do business. Like, do it, do it. And like two weeks later, let's do not business anymore. Like, fine. Like, okay, cool. Have a great life. Yeah. In in like Switzerland, for example, people want to build a trust relationship. And if it mm-hmm. comes via referral or basically people know you or they have heard of you, at least they, was like, they might ask you like 12 different questions, like relevant ones. It's like, how do you do X? I would like to understand why, uh, what happens if that happens mm-hmm. but if you can answer them like fine okay like i'm not going to negotiate price i trust you let's do this i'm happy to recommend you to three friends if it's really useful okay and for our u.s listeners are there considerations that they like how do you get around the gdpr because i know it's much more strict in europe what are some of your guidelines yeah for sure it's always an edge case because gdpr technically like two of you couldn't even talk to each other right like if you send me an email that's basically like offensive but what gdpr also says like if you have a very legitimate reason to reach out to somebody like you believe it's highly useful Uh um that's fully legitimate right right so but i think what's important is is to be really friendly and not say like hey what's up like you get my emails like hey i just thought this is really helpful for you which is i want to create some value for you if not just let me know yeah and some people were like hey not relevant for me please remove me from this like sure all the best of success yeah what are some of the best sales emails that you've seen or that you've used? People always talk about value add. What are some examples of great value add that have worked on email campaigns um, that you've just, seen? Honestly, just just really short personal ones. Mm-hmm. So people just saying like, hey, I saw your LinkedIn post XYZ uh, and I understand you're at this stage. Uh, so typical challenges founders have at this stage are operations in like revenue operations we help founders to basically like do this. If interesting, let me know. Mm-hmm. Not more about the offering and PowerPoint and stuff, but so really- keeping it short, eh? Just keeping yeah. like, for example, I had one. There was a podcasting service. I'm obviously a podcaster. They wrote me two lines. It was like, I thought you might like this. You know, I can't even remember what the lines are, but it was enough because it was short and it had an emoji in it too, maybe. Uh, and I said, hmm, this is curious. I'll check it out. Here I am buying two weeks later. I never spoke to anyone at the company, but it got me to buy. Would you say that that is because it's well-targeted because I'm a podcast, you know, it's probably a service. It's that sort of the the qualifying of the prospects that makes that so effective? Or? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like as soon as you have a connector, it's just really helpful. Yeah. I was like, hey, just heard you like on Jordi's podcast like interesting what you do regarding especially this challenge i would love to talk to you about why because we work with clients like on x okay it's completely different than would you like to have more revenue and more time and less cost like cool everybody yeah says yeah that. 
Yeah, yeah, everyone says that exactly. Walk me through like the personalization that you're doing for the emails then. Like what tools are you using? Are are is there are you manually going through and like looking at their site and grabbing some personal information or what are you doing that makes the campaigns more effective? It depends a bit on the approach. So we're trying out like all different ones. Like we don't do campaigns typically to more than like fifty to hundred people because it's just very hard to niche down and like have a homogeneous group of people. So mm-hmm. one is really it's like, hey, I saw you're at a plug and play in program X batch uh, and you're having this masterclass on sales like next week. So I was curious how, what do I, would you like to cover? So you, where, where you have really a specific connector and reply rate is typically like 30 to 50% on these. Really? Okay. So I just want to make sure I understand the, you said 30 to 50. So like break down the research for that. You have like a sales analyst or someone that's going through uh, and saying, okay, I want you to find these types of people. I mean, that's quite laborious to break down niches of 30 people. So is it like a broader group that just gets broken down from that or? Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes you have like for, for even like for web summiters or you have some kind of clustered startups, for example. So is it like in the AI space, um, in mobility, like these are like the top 10 startups, right? So we're not talking groups of like hundred people or so. Okay. And then you basically, yes, you put in the work. So you look at the starters, what they're doing basically, and you, you put them in a group and it's like, Hey, saw that you're in cohort XYZ at Web Summit, uh, on day one. And I uh, would love to have a chat with you there after the session. Okay. Okay. So back to our founder, he's still in his zero to 10,000 journey. How many emails should he be sending out a day? Do you think? In the US, I appreciate that you probably need like five to seven. Um, in Switzerland or like just Western Europe, I would go with three to four. One really with like the copy in there and it's like, hey, look, basically why I'm writing you connected. This is basically like roughly the space you're looking for. Uh-huh. These are some testimonials. And then this is kind of the call to action. That's it. And just two to three quick ones to follow up. And it's like, that's, hey. the, that's the number of emails to send. But I mean, how many prospects should that person be emailing in a day? Probably at the beginning, like 20 to 50. And once you figure out like one segment really works, you can go 50 to 100. Okay. So, so between 20, but minimum 20, no more than 100. Yeah. Um, and 100 sounds like a lot to me. I yeah. personally send out about 30 because the reason I send out 30 is because if I send out 100, I might get like 15 responses. And I want to make sure that I, you know, after five days, that 15 responses is now turned into 60. I want to make sure that the follow up is proper. Uh, so I bring it down so that, you know, the, the five people that respond or whatever it is, I make sure that I get really good responses back yeah. to them. What are your feelings on that? No, absolutely. Sounds like a great approach. Yes, sometimes people worry about a bit too much about that. I mean, they feel they're setting out a wedding invite where like 98% of people attend and join, right? It's not like if you send a hundred emails, like you will not be busy to death kind of. So people sometimes Mm -hmm. worry too much about their own capacity. And when you ask them like, so dear founder, how many client facing calls do you have per week? Like five. Okay. You could do like up to eight per day if that's your business facing role. And your core thing is to validate the market and generate revenue and find product market fit, right? So like crank it out there and put in the work, quite frankly. Um, mm-hmm. But of, of course, like be diligent in your, in your follow-up because a lot of people basically ask like leads, 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 I need leads. But then when the leads come, they don't really know what to do with them. Like the that's funnel right. breaks just like one step after the leads. Okay. And 
obviously you have an autoresponder, but are there some tools that you use to sort of personalize the emails? Any uh, tips yeah, we, that you can we give use loomloom.com for our listeners for videos. So we're also doing sometimes like just a video campaign. We, the copywriting is basically like fairly standard, but then we basically really take like a one to two minute Loom video just talking very specifically like, hey, I had a look at your website, interesting what you're doing in this space, what problem you solve, saw you working with this company. So I was just wondering how you're basically tackling this specific segment when they have this challenge and what metrics customers achieve. And this is how we can help. Okay. It sounds really labor intensive, but do you find it much more effective having that video? Because obviously it's very customized and, and yeah. people would like that, but you're still getting past like open rates and things like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. No opening rate is still like 70 to 90% reply rate. If it's a video in there, it might even be a bit too intrusive, like in, too intense on the beginning, we found out. So, I mean, I sometimes like send mm -hmm. out maybe like a cold outreach on LinkedIn to 100 founders in Luxembourg just to validate the mechanism. I got like new 40 new mm -hmm. founders in Luxembourg, even if it's not my ideal customer profile. So it works, but okay. typically like go really light on the initial outreach, but then put in the word to really personalize the dialogue. Okay. What tools do you use for your customization? You were mentioning Interstellar. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the difference between Interstellar and Apollo is just the database approach of Apollo versus basically like the real time approach of Interstellar. So we tried out both. Um, Apollo just has this issue like with GDPR that you really shouldn't take lists that you didn't purchase even and then reach out to people. And also like bounce rate, at least like in Western Europe was a lot higher than with Interstellar. So bounce rate being 10% to 15 versus like two to five. And also Interstellar, like our customers just find it much easier to use because Apollo is quite advanced with all kind of the filters and options. And it's nearly like a tableau. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, okay. So, um, so LinkedIn outbound, what are some of the other, um, top, uh, performing sales, uh, tactics that, that are working for you and your clients? I think one of the top performing sales tactics, which people always unappreciate is just like great customer service, great customer success and delivering great results. Um, the best sales argument you can have is successful customers. Mm-hmm. And people sometimes are always looking for the next hack or the next automation or the next scale. Okay, success with customers. So like, yeah, yeah. So sort of maybe setting up a referral, um, like referral marketing. Yeah, but again, I mean, the core is just like we rather have like one founder basically doubling MRR and like increasing deal size for one day, like 15x and basically like getting 30% booking rate, then getting just another like tech hack out there to basically write to more people. Because that saves you a lot of energy, like on free trials, on basically like back and forth and so on. If you can just like, you know what, whatever I'm telling you, just talk to this founder, talk to this entrepreneur and make, make get yourself an opinion. He's at a similar stage, started maybe at like 10, 20K MRR and uh, talk to the guy, get an honest opinion and then take an informed decision. Mm -hmm. Does your, your approach change now if you get to the guys that have already established sort of their uh, product market fit? Let's say, for example, the 15 to sort of 30,000 MRR. Does your approach change? And if so, how, how does it change? Yeah, absolutely. This is typically the time when you can start to leverage case studies. You can understand your copywriting a lot better. You might start to hire your first sales rep and see like, why, where do you need help? Top of the funnel, mid funnel, closing, 
what are the jobs to be done that you're doing right now and what can basically be improved and where do you just need to double down and then like process topics like a CRM and so on come into play as well. Okay, so so how are you recommending the founders manage their KPIs? Because it sounds like you're talking about some serious data, like top of funnel. If I come to you and I'm like, well, I don't even have, uh, I don't have that data. What what are you what are you going to recommend for me? I think the first data uh, first step is just get everything in one place. I mean, just install like a CRM for you, even if you're a single person, like invest twelve hours a month into a pipe drive or twenty five into Salesforce, which grows quite quickly, or like zero into HubSpot. And then just start getting all your emails and calendar and notes and calls and everything into one place. So you see how you're doing over time and you, you understand what works and what doesn't. Okay. And you mentioned case studies. So is that because you want to put the case studies in the email, in the, in the copy or what, like, what are you using the case studies for? The case studies, like we start kind of like the sales pitch in, in hyphens kind of with the case studies. I mean, it's, it's just like the best sales argument you can have. It's like once you understand basically what people are looking for, it's like, hey, seems like really relevant because we help like many founders in the same space, like for example, many customers. May I show you what other people achieved and then how they achieved it? And then uh, over to you for any questions that you might have, if you how that translates to you. Okay. So it's sort of the same thing you get. You Let's say they have um, five different market verticals. You create five different case studies, and then you're just sending out, obviously, case studies that are applicable to that one market vertical. For sure. Is that correct? For sure. Okay. And what makes a good case study? How do you put together a good case study? Do you like video interviews, or what do you find is most effective? Yeah, we, we like video interviews and then from that basically carving out like three to five key quotes which are really relevant for your target audience and then use like just bullets basically uh -huh. in, for example, emailing. Like this is what clients achieve, bullet one, okay. like doubling MRR by doing X and then like basically um, ramping up outbound leech and by doing Y, uh, basically you like use loom to capture the video. Do you recommend like five minutes or what do you find is, is like a good format? Yeah. Five, five minutes is typically good. Uh, it's something people still want to watch, uh, regarding how to capture it. You can record it in Google hangout, you can record it in zoom, you can use loom, whatever you like. Right. What are some of the key questions that you would ask in a, in a case study? Good questions to ask in a case that is like, what prevented you initially from buying? Like typical concerns people mention, and then how did that change once you learned more about this? And what specific thing did you like most about the collaboration? And then what else do you like? And then who specifically could you recommend this to? And then just anything else you would like to share? Because in a nutshell, this covers like in even like six sentences, the whole buyer journey from like, oh, but what about like, is it worth my time? Do I need this? Is it worth the financial investment? Our okay, it is apparently my concerns are answered. Like, what's the biggest thing? Like, what's the killer app? Okay, this is it. Okay, this is also good. Is it related to me? Yes. And okay, these guys are fun to work with or like, yeah, seems to be like trustworthy. Okay. Do you have like a blog post or anything with those questions? I'd love to put them in the show notes. Um, I don't have a blog post on it, but I'll just um, basically send them to you right now. Okay. Well, Manuel, we're getting close to the end of our agreed upon time. I want to thank you for your time. How can people get a hold of you if they're interested in your services or they have some other questions? 
Uh, for sure, they can go to thesalesplaybook.io or they can contact me on LinkedIn via uh, Manuel Hartmann Sales Playbook. Should be easy to find. Okay, perfect. Or just say, type in like sales space playbook on Google search should be on first page right by now. Okay, great. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time, Manuel. Thank you as well. Great questions. Like you love to basically having a great host like you. <laughs> thank you. That's very kind. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software Big Break could be right around the corner. <music>